2: Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable Podcast. This is the first of four preseason episodes we'll be doing, but as always, if you'd like to contact us, you can either tweet us at EPL Roundtable or email us at eplroundtable at gmail.com.
3: Hi, I'm uh, Jake. I'm a Newcastle supporter. I write for EPL Index and Total
4: Dutch Football, and you can get me on Twitter at Jake Jackman with two N's. Hello, I'm Dan from the Twitter account Baggy's Fat. Um, the website Baggies Facts has taken a bit of a break at the moment, but I'll be writing for um for Jay's website. Um possibly for EPL Index and a few other websites over the course of a year. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll have to pass
5: on the info so you can keep an eye on that. Hi, I'm Jay. I'm editor of the EaglesBeak.com, a palace fansite by fans for fans. You can catch us on Twitter at EaglesBeak.
2: Yeah, and I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. I will be all over the place this year, uh, continuing to write for Jay over at the Eagle's Beak as well, as well as doing some articles for both uh, Toga and for Roto World, uh, which are more kind of in a fantasy vein, uh, but we'll, of course, still be doing Premier League coverage and podcasting stuff, and like, like Dan, we'll kind of just update people as I know more as well. All right, well, it's been a long summer. Jay, not as long for us as we were doing Women's World Cup stuff, but... It's time for making the rounds. We just have a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at our clubs this off-season. Jake, obviously signing a lot of players, bringing in some more Dutch guys. Always a fan of that. What else has been happening at Newcastle?
3: Well, pretty much everything has changed since I've last been on here. I think last time I came on, I thought we were going to get relegated. That didn't happen, so that, that was nice. Um, <laughs> obviously, we've got Steve McLaren in as manager. Not the biggest fan of the appointment when it happened, but since it's happened, I've sort of warmed to it a bit more. Obviously, there's, a, there's reasons why he's been chosen. I don't think he was brought in because he was a friend of anyone. I, he, knew, he knew Graham Carr so, somewhat, who played a big part, but I don't think it was sort of like a pardew appointment where he came in, sort of not deserving it because I think McLaren does deserve another shot at the top flight. It, the way it ended for him at Derby was a little bit worrying for Newcastle fans because it's very similar to how we've ended the last two seasons, but We'll give him a chance. He's brought in some really talented coaches with him. I think Ian Castro is one who is very highly rated. The Scottish Mourinho, I think I've seen him being called. And uh, from what the uh, local press have been talking about, the training session it sounds like he's had a real big impact, which is promising because the coaching of Carver and Stone wasn't really cutting it. So, you know, you saw players like Ben Arthur and uh, Yanger and B were not really progressing at Newcastle. So, hopefully, that's going to change now. We've got like a more progressive uh, coaching setup so that, that's what happened that took a while to get done it was it did take ages We were without a manager for about eight for like six or seven months it was ridiculous when it got there but and then the coaching staff took like another four weeks after McLaren's appointment it was it was a bit classic Newcastle but it got done and since then yeah pre-season started without a signing and people were concerned saying oh it's going to be more of the same Mike Ashley's comments to the Sky were a bit sort of just like to quieten the fans down and nothing was going to change but then and, we, and then obviously Kabay went to Palace and that, that caused some issues because I don't think we've ever got over Kabay. sort of like that X that you always look for. you know. That's what he's like to Newcastle fans. So that was really worrying, especially where Pardew's there. But I think we got over that when we signed uh, Jorginho Wijnaldum from PSV. I think anybody who's watched a lot of Dutch football like I have would uh, would say that he he played a bigger part in the uh, PSV Championship to win than Depay did. And obviously Depay's come in with a lot of fans there. So I think we... I think Wijnaldum even won Dutch Player of the Year. So, I mean, that that sort of shows how good he is. It's a massive coup for Newcastle to get him. If you think that we finished uh, 16th last season and we're getting a player who should be going to a Champions League club, that is says a lot about the Premier League money, but it also says that Newcastle can still attract these players. So, I don't think Leicester would have got Wijnaldum. So, it's it's promising. And we've also got Alexander Mitrovic, who I've uh, heard Kev talk about on here, being linked with Tottenham. So, obviously, he's coming to Newcastle. That took a while. It looks, it looks at times that he was waiting for a bigger club to come in, but it finally did get done. And he's come in saying he's a Newcastle fan, which which is a bit odd, considering he's Serbian. But he's always always said it throughout interviews throughout the years. So it's not just like he's saying it, like a Robbie Keane type thing, where he's come and joined the <laughs> club. So. And he always like talks about Shearer and how he had Sh- uh, Newcastle talks of Shearer on the back. So hopefully, he's, he's a bit of a nutter from what I've seen. I mean, I've seen him a couple of times in the Champions League, and I've, I've read more about him now. We've signed him, and he is a bit of a fruit loop. I, I, he, I know he's quietened down in the last couple of years, but him and New, him and Newcastle just seem to go together perfectly because he's going he's gonna to bring stories in and he's he's just going to be interesting, I think. I think he's, he, he could score like a hat-trick in the time we derby and then just go and like, headbutt Lee Caswell or something. That's the sort of thing that we could be saying, which is always exciting. And the final signing, which hasn't been confirmed, but the club have said that he's done his medical and they're just waiting for a work permit, is... um. Another player from Anderlecht, uh, Chancel Mbemba, I think think you pronounced it, who is really promising. There's been controversy about his age, saying he could be about 50 or 20, I don't know. But he's another, he's a player that we really needed. I think we need two new centre-backs and he's going to be the first of that. Got a lot of pace, got a really good leap on him, considering he's quite short for a centre-back. And Anderlecht fans uh, have been saying that he could be one of the signings of the summer, even better than Mitrovic. And so that's, Another really promising thing. Pre-seasons happened. We've gone to the state, like everyone. It's sort of like we've just copied everyone there. When we got there, nobody wanted to play us, so we ended up playing an MLS reserve team and a couple of lower-tier uh, US sides. Which you know, I don't know why we went there. <laughs> we should have stayed in Europe. It's sort of a McLaren wasn't happy at all with the scheduling, and we didn't really do that good out there. But it was, you know. It's, Sounds like it's going better under McLaren. They they had the ball out from day one in training which they said Pardew never did and apparently McLaren was shocked at the way Pardew did things at uh, Newcastle which is not to say it's a bad thing just different to how he does it. So I'm not going to use this as another another reason to dig out at Pardew but it sounds like McLaren has taken training in a different direction. The players seem to be enjoying it under him. It's going to be and the football's been a lot better in pre-season, a lot more passing around. But we still haven't, we haven't been winning games. that pre-season doesn't mean too much. It's more about gelling the, the side. So right now, I'm pretty confident going into the new season. I think we need a, a few more signings: another centre-back, a winger, and uh, possibly another striker. I think Charlie Austin's always been linked with Newcastle. I think we're the club that have shown a lot of interest in him. I'm not saying I, I don't know too much about it because it seems a different club leading the betting at each. Each day, it seems that I'd say Charlie Austin is a, is a player that I'd love to see at Newcastle. Whether he's too similar to Mitrovic, I'm not sure, but the club is still going for him and he would be a, like a really good sign in to close the summer off. But, yeah. so there's, there's a lot that's happened at Newcastle, doubt, but the majority of it has been the new coaching staff. So, yeah. and I'm fairly confident going into the season, but I'm sure I'll talk about that more
2: later. All right, Dan, obviously been a while since we've heard your take on the Albion. What have you made of West Brom's off season?
4: Been a bit different to the way um, the way Jake was just describing Newcastle. Um firstly, he said that uh, McLaren had the ball out from day one of pre-season training. Well, Pulis certainly didn't as our players were running up mountains in Austria. Um and um yeah, we he he's, he was talking about the various numbers of players that, that Newcastle have managed to uh, sign, um, and we've signed James McLean <laughs> and and James McLean and uh, James McLean. That's all we've that's all we've managed to do so far, um, which is a, a solid signing to be fair. Um, he, he's done okay. He did okay at Sunderland. He dropped down leagues and went to Wigan. He was possibly one of our better players last season. Heard good things about him. Um, He scored a cracking goal in a pre-season game. Um, He's doing okay, Uh, apart from the the slight controversial moment where he decided um, he didn't want to face the British flag during the National Anthem. Um, That could have all been avoided if the Americans hadn't have been typically American at playing National Anthems at pre-season friendlies. But, but, you know... um, it, you know, you've got to respect the, you know, the, the way that, that they do things, and and the club we were playing at the time. I think it was Charleston Battery um, decided to play the uh, national anthems, and, and McLean wouldn't face the uh, the British flag, um, just bringing up a whole load of controversy we don't need. I'm not going to give my opinion on the matter. It's done now, um, but I just don't want to see that kind of thing. I just want a nice, quiet, easygoing season you know, where we can push up the league and do well and people are talking about the baggies for the right reasons. Um, and unfortunately, with signing a player like McLean, you know, it limits your chances of doing that. Um, in terms of the club as a bigger picture, we've been up for sale. Um, the club entered an exclusivity period with a group of buyers. Um, a deal apparently almost got done. Um, and Jeremy Peace, our chairman, pulled the plug as he didn't think the deal was in the best interests of the club in the end. Um, Whether that's hindered our transfer dealings and, and, well, the lack of transfer dealings, who knows? Many are saying it is, but the club are adamant that it's not hindered anything at all. Um, I'm I'm not sure where I stand with that. Um, It's a tough one because, you know, you you might get a, a... a new owner in and they might throw a bit of money at it. They might love the club just as, as much as Jeremy Peace does. Um and, and they might do a great job. But then, you know, we might get the wrong owners in. It could go the way of Cardiff, the way of Hull City, the way of Leeds did. You know, we're not sure it's worth a risk. So the fact that Jeremy Peace is staying, it, it is a positive for me. Um he's been the chairman of the club now for what? 13 14 years um and he's not done so badly so you know better the devil you know sort of situation um pre-season we've we've played a few fixtures we played red bull salzburg in austria and lost orlando city and lost um baggies up against kaka who scored a cracking goal um and then we've we've won our last three games against charleston battery Uh, Richmond kickers, and just yesterday we managed to beat Swindon Town 4-1. A couple of pre-season games left. Um, I can't really talk about how I I feel we're going to be doing going forward. Um, We are really struggling to bring players in. and I think the inflation of prices this summer is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, We're trying to get deals done, there's no doubt about that. Um I actually wrote a list earlier of players that we've been linked to in maybe the last ten or fifteen days and, and the list goes Hennessy, Johnny Evans, DRB, Lambert, Phillips at QPR, Ramos, Sacco, Ibora at Sevilla, Antonio at Forest, Austin, Clark, Kulka And that that's just the last couple of weeks. And obviously we've not signed any of those players. The speculation's ridiculous. You don't know what to believe. Um, I'm just hoping that over the coming weeks we manage to get the deals done um, and the sooner the better, to be honest. And also, um, Kev, before you bring up Berahino, which you probably will do after his business, <laughs> as he's been linked with Spurs um, the last couple of days, um, it's going to take a lot more than 15 million, which is a reported bid for Berahino at the minute. Um, but his
2: heart's set on it, as many quoteless articles have claimed.
4: <laughs> I am not sure his heart's set on the move to Spurs, <laughs> to be honest. Not that, that, not, don't mean to, you know, that's not meant to be offensive at all, but I, I, I think that I've, I've said this many a times. I think yeah, he's waiting
2: for a champions league club.
4: He's He's got the talent to play in a champions league and for a big club, whether that be abroad or whether that be in England. Mm-hmm. Um, and I personally think the best thing for him is, is to stay at the baggies. If he goes, he goes. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be tearing up trees, you know. I'm not going to be upset about it if he goes. If he goes, he goes. We'll be able to reinvest some money. But, um, and to be honest, if if he had a better attitude and had had a better attitude throughout his career at the Baggies, maybe I'd be a bit more on the side of really wanting him to stay. Um, And that will be a letdown. And whether it's a letdown for him throughout his career, who knows. But... um, you know, any new club that does come in for him or that does sign him, he's going to have to keep tabs on, you know, on the fact that he he can be a bit of a a stroppy young lad, really, and he does make some very stupid decisions. Um, but either way, in terms of footballing ability and and you know the amount of goals that he can potentially score for for a club, um, he's he's worth. To, to even start discussions with our chairman, I think it's going to take about 25 million. So Spurs are going to need to up their, uh, up their, up their bid if, if they're really I think we've expensive. tweeted this before, but uh, 20 and Lennon? Yeah, I'd be happy with that. You can have him for that. <laughs>
2: All right, cool. Uh, I'll, I'll let Tottenham know, you let West Brom know, and we'll get, we'll get this <laughs> ironed out.
5: Dan, I was just going to say to you, um, there's a very similar pattern emerging with West Brom and Pulis as to happen with Palace last season. I mean, we we went training in Austria. We did those same hills last uh, <laughs> last summer. Uh, we wrote we, we, we rode those bikes back from uh, from the training ground back to the hotel. Yeah. Some players did. We went out to America. We play Richmond Kickers. Funny enough, as well. Um, and now you're having the very same problems we had in trying to get players in. Um, uh, is, it, is there a concern amongst the fans that, you know, Pulis could walk? I'm, I'm obviously I'm alluding not, to the I'm fact really, that he I'm walked away.
4: I didn't think there was, but it appears that there is at the moment. It is a growing concern. I wouldn't say it's hitting levels where people are worrying too much. Hmm. Uh, but I think there is some concern, yeah, because the pattern is is remarkably similar to what happened at it, Palace last season.
5: It's amazing. It's, it's all subs,
4: almost... Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Well, I think I think the big issue is, and I think I'm hoping to to be honest that Pulis understands that if clubs are going to say whatever you've offered, you're going to have to double. So we're offering. I think it was maybe a week or so ago we offered. Um, I think Phillips. It might have been like five or six million, and then QPR come back and say we want ten or eleven million, and then Albion go, well, we, we can't really afford that. I'm hoping that Pulis will understand that. For the long term future of the club, we're not a club that can just go and and say, okay, if that's your asking price, ego have it, and we'll sign the player because we just we just can't afford that. And we've we've got to get as much as we can. And to be honest, the, the way going forward for a club like ours, and it always has been in the past, is signing foreign players for cheaper fees, which will then command higher fees when they're being sold on. But purely likes homegrown talent, so the stumbling block could be seen between those lines. To be honest.
5: Yeah, I mean, I'd rather it, you know, I'd rather he, he stay with you guys. You know, you need a bit of you know, continue. You know, you, you want something to continue for a bit lot longer. You've had a few changes, yeah, exactly. manager wise, yeah. and you know, you don't want it to happen again. I, uh-huh. I you know, I, I, I wouldn't want it to happen to another club. I mean, <laughs> the, you know, way it happened to us. But it just seems you yeah. know, seeing it every day, seeing the same reports in the press, seeing the same thing that you can't sign a player. You know, just it, it it's amazing how similar, similar <laughs> it's to last season. But hopefully, it pans out a bit different for you. Hopefully, we'll see.
2: Yeah otherwise your three clubs will have to rotate managers again (laughs) (laughs) all right jay as i mentioned we, we were talking
5: over the summer but not not about palace about the women's world cup so what has been happening at palace yeah, it was great um going back to the World Cup. Enjoyed it immensely, and it was great doing the pods with you guys. I think uh, you know, it was a good experience to learn about the uh the women's game internationally. Uh, we already covered the Palace ladies at uh, on the Eagles Beak anyway, and we'll continue to do so going forward. So uh yeah, it was a real insight, really enjoyed it. So that was that was good. Um uh, kept us from being a little bit bored over the summer, but um, um but more recently it's been enough to keep us interested. I mean, um on the transfer front. Um, I think the biggest thing for us, I mean, obviously the signing of Goodbye is, is a massive thing, but um, I'll talk about that in a second. I think much more interesting is the fact that we've got two players in that Scott Dan and James MacArthur have signed new deals with the club. Um, a lot of fans were kind of wondering how Palace were going to, you know, look to the future, what what our approach was going to be. You know, finishing eleventh in the table, our first season back, and then tenth last season. We we want to see the club starting to look uh, look up rather than down, um, and that's not being cocky. That's just wanting to be um, you know a team that progresses in the Premier League, and I think we're doing exactly that. And I think the signing of Goodbye is is a marquee signing, as as you would say in other sports. He he is a signing that he, he will do things for us. You know, we've experienced. What he can do against us, uh, playing for Newcastle, um, spoke to Jake. He did a great article for us um, a couple of weeks ago, talking about what what we can expect from Kabai, and we saw it firsthand in our first season back in the Premier League. He single-handedly demolished us in a, in a three 0 <laughs> defeat at Sellers. He really did, and I sat there watching, it. and I, I, you know, I thought on that one night that you know we need a player who can do that with the ball, and and we haven't, you know, it's one one kind of player we haven't really had. I mean, you know we've got punch and we've got. Alas, we got a high ball, but you yeah, know, Kabay is 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 that difference. You know, he can make a difference for us, particularly in the centre. He can pull strings. So for us, that's a coup. It really is a big sign. and I alluded to the fact that it was very similar feeling amongst the fans to when we signed Lombardo. I think it was about eighteen years ago. That was a real bolt out of the blue. Lombardo was a, a relatively household name in uh, Italian international. Uh, play for Juventus, Sampdoria, and and he came to us, and he still is. Um, the the best player I've seen play for Palace. But, you know, that might change in the future because I think kabay has got a lot to offer us and you know, it's exciting and looking forward. But as I mentioned, you know, we've got players that want to stay at the club. That that's that's one of the biggest things for me is that in the past, we'd have got to a point where we'd have started selling players. And I think the only worry we've got this summer or, you know, two weeks ahead of the season we've got is there's a few questions about Ballasium, you know, a lot of clubs are uh, Rumoured to be interested in, him, but I'm confident um, that it's going to stick around because you know he, he, he's seen players, you know, he's seen K- Kabai come in, he's seen Dan and MacArthur sign new deals. It's a club that uh, it seems to be players want to stick around, wants to go places, which is really exciting. Um, we also signed Hangland on a, on a one, new one-year on deal, which I think experience is. You know, is is a big part of a part of a squad, and you know he will certainly do a, you know a job for us. He did last season when he came in. He's never going to play um, you know every game of the season. He's he's there for a, you know to warm the bench in case we have an injury to Daniel Delaney. Um, and but I think you need those sort of players in a squad. Um, you need players that are, um, you know. Uh, know that they're not going to play, you know, every game. But he's, at, you know, he's in the twilight of his career. And I saw a great interview with him talking about uh, his new contract. And he said, you know, there's a real buzz around the club, and he and he wants to stay uh, and and be involved in that, which is you know, fantastic to see. Uh, the other signs we made is uh, Patrick Bamford on loan from Chelsea, which you know, again, it's another big sign. A lot of teams are after him. A lot of teams um, were impressed with how he performed for Middlesbrough last season. Almost got them promoted. Scored, I think it was 19 goals, uh, and he. He's very well thought of by both Borough fans who saw him last season, spoken to a few of them, um, said he's a very exciting prospect and it it will be exciting to see what he can do in the Premier League, particularly for us. I mean, We had Sonogo on loan last year who didn't particularly pull up any trees for us Uh, and I think Bamford's uh, a bit of an upgrade from that loan deal really. Um, I I don't know why I'm comparing Bamford to Sonogo there, I think I might have just insulted him. Uh, a little bit but uh, the latest sign is Alex McCarthy a keeper from Queen's Park Rangers I think we need to strengthen in the keeper you know, department um, I think this is going to be sprung last season whether he see, sees out the whole season as number one uh, remains to be seen but I think Pardy is certainly going to uh, start with him as the number one keeper uh, it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be number two uh, there are a lot of rumours about Hennessy moving on um, he's had a couple of games in pre-season which he hasn't really uh, performed that well I know West Brom uh, with the main team Rumoured to be looking at him with that puulous connection because we don't want Pulis- him. We don't
4: <laughs> want him. He can stay where he is. That's <laughs> right.
5: So, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, not selling him to you. That's fine. No, I mean it, it's a. It's an odd one, isn't it? Because you know he, he always plays well for Wales. He, you know, always you know performs well at international duty. Um, whether he's just a keeper that can't really do the number two role needs to be a keeper playing week week in week out. I don't know. Um, unless we're going to go with that three keeper role, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how we can kind of you know, keep all three all three happy um throughout the season but we'll we'll see how that pans out. Um uh, during the wit last week um Steve Parish our chem was on Talksport did an excellent interview actually. He was on he was on there for as a guest for about an hour and a half and he he spoke quite openly actually about Palace and quite candidly he touched on the Pulis uh, Departed. Um, uh, it, it was quite interesting. Actually, he wouldn't reveal exactly why he left, but he he, he, pr- he pretty much said that um, he had a call from Purists wanted to meet him, um, and he just said he didn't want to do it anymore. That, that's and and, and Paris said that he was um, absolutely gobsmacked by it, and and this was two days before season. I just touched on it when speaking to Dan, but um, yeah, it's an odd one because neither party have ever come out and said that the real reasons for. For why, but um, but Parrish said live on air that was it. There's quite a few other interesting bits and pieces he, he talked about when they took over the club five years ago and, and what's happened since and and the kind of money they've had to put into the club to to get to the club to where they are now. Which you know it's quite fascinating to hear a chairman talk so openly about that kind of thing. Um, he also had ten questions to answer, and I think one of the uh, the funniest ones was uh, being asked who was the uh, worst signing you've made, and he uh, he, he he didn't sort of uh, delay in saying that it was Jimmy Kebbe. Uh, was his uh, was his signing so worth uh, signing, which is which is quite funny for particularly for Palace fans, but. Um, just quickly touch on pre-season, we've played, had a few games, we played Barnet um, in, in the UK before we went out to Germany to play Berlin, we, we beat Barnet, lost to Berlin and then we've just had a, uh, a, couple, a little mini tournament in, uh, in South Africa which uh, we lost the finals day sport in Lisbon so, uh, but we won the first game uh, on Friday night. So we've got a friendly against Fulham uh, next Saturday which I'm popping along to so that should be quite good to, to see how the, you know, the team's doing um, but I think things are ticking over quite nicely for us this summer so far.
2: Uh, do you think you're going to be comfortable kind of resting with Bamford and Murray as your centre-forward options, or do you think you're still in the market for
5: another striker? I, I've got a real feeling we're looking for somebody else. Um, I think that... Still no still uh,
2: no to Bayor? You still don't want that?
5: Uh, no, thank you. No, ah, no, no. We, We've had a discussion on Twitter, Kev. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he's going to Aston Villa. You want, we want him to go to Aston Villa and uh, team up with Tactics Tim again, so... Uh, <laughs>
2: But now they're being linked with Jordan AU, and if we get stuck with Aubameyang <laughs> for a whole another year, I might lose my mind.
5: <laughs> no, certainly not edible. I mean, the, the, the main one that, I mean, most Palace fans and, well, most fans, are, um, I mean, um, Jake mentioned it, Charlie Austin is the one, but I think at the moment it's, uh, there's an, I think his wage demands are quite high, which is perhaps stopping him from, you know, seeing a deal go from QPR, uh, Dan mentioned that the fees for British players are really inflated at the moment, particularly when you look at you know the money that was spent on uh, you know um, Sterling to Man City, um, you know the, the the fee that's being banded around for Stones to, to See if that happens. Um, I think it just overinflates everything else at the moment, and and it could well be a case that you know Charlie Austin might not go uh, to another club until um, you know later in the transfer window, maybe the last couple of days of the of the window, because it might get to a point where some clubs will be thinking actually we haven't got a striker in, we you know we we will pay that money to get him, and um, I think QPR are wanting a certain amount of money to sell him on. Um, and he's certainly a player that will fit into our, our system. Um, I do wonder whether uh, it might not be the fee that QPR are asking. It might be a player plus cash deal, but uh, I don't know. I've, I've got a real feeling that boat sailed now. I think uh, we might be looking at else elsewhere. The other one that's been mentioned, uh, particularly this weekend, is Ramos from uh, Borussia Dortmund, uh, which would be an interesting one. Uh, exciting player but uh, yeah I think we've got five targets that uh, we were looking at Uh, Parrish admitted so much in his uh, interview last week three of them we've already got on board which is good Um, and we're looking for two more which uh, in my view we're we're strongly rumoured to be uh, linked with James Chester, the defender at Hull City, which I think it'd be a decent acquisition. Delaney's not getting any younger. Neither is Hangeland, who's he's uh, kind of our our reserve centre back. So I think he would be a, a you know a decent sign. Uh, and also the last one, I think you know the fifth one's going to be a, a striker. Uh, um, who that's going to be? Uh, it's a good question. But I think we're going to see somebody come in and one of our strikers leave. Whether that's going to be part of the same deal or not, I'm not sure. Um, like I mentioned earlier, we're hoping it's going to be somebody like Austin who's you know had a, had a good season in the Premier League. But I think wages might be an issue there and QPR holding out for a fair bit of money. But that might change as the transfer window gets closer to the end this time around. So, so yeah, in all the good summer so far, um, you know, pre-season's going okay. We've lost a couple, won a couple. But, you know, um preseason is about uh game time and uh seeing how the players can do together with the new signings. So um so looking forward to start the season, really.
2: All right. Um for Tottenham, uh, just a few deals up front. Uh we did sign Toby Alderweireld which apparently is how we're supposed to say that, according to him. I'm still unsure, but we'll go with that for now. <clears throat> Other than that, kind of like Dan mentioned, just a whole lot of rumors kind of psych- circling. Uh, I was mentioning to these guys before the podcast, we're currently being linked to a player from each of their clubs, uh, Barajino, Balassi, and Sissoko being the rumored names. I honestly am not sure that any of those are particularly likely. Uh, Balassi's price is about 20 million, at least that's what we're hearing is probably not something we'd be willing to pay there. Um, Barahino, Dan keeps saying they probably want 20 plus, which again, might be more than we're willing to spend kind of on a backup striker. Um, The other interesting names, uh, Timo Werner uh, out in Germany is, is a young striker slash winger that I think uh, we've shown interest in for quite some time, even over some uh, regime changes at Tottenham. Um, But whether or not he'd be willing to come now is kind of up in the air. Uh, we're being linked with uh, Christoph Kramer and um, Sven Bender, who I've always liked more than Lars. Um, don't really know why, but those would all be interesting. But I think really just shows kind of the two needs that we have left, which is a kind of an elite level uh, central midfielder or striker. Uh, as far as players going out goes, um, since we were last on, we've sold Eunice Kabul to Sunderland, and that, that happened very quickly. It was pretty much one of those, there are rumors in the morning, the deal was done by night. I think he just kind of wanted to get out after how everything went pear-shaped for him last year at Tottenham. Uh, we sold Benji Stambouli to PSG, uh, and so he continues his trend of falling upwards throughout his career. Um, obviously did very little for us last season and has managed to find himself at PSG, and he looked pretty good. He, he was in New York when I was there and, and looked pretty good in his first match for PSG. Um I, I think that the, the, the deal from PSG's side was probably more homegrown requirement-y. Uh, but uh, you know, he, he does have ability, and I think you might actually get to see him a fair bit for PSG. And for a French player to go from sitting on the bench at Tottenham to maybe actually being part of some plans at, at the biggest club in France at the moment, I think uh, <laughs> he must be very thrilled with that. Uh, another French <laughs> defensive midfielder that disappointed at Tottenham, Etienne Capoue, has now moved to Watford. Uh, where he'll be, be pairing up with Valon Behrami. Um, Stambouli was originally linked to them as well before the Behrami deal went through. Um, but I, I think it's an excellent signing for Watford to to shield their back four. Uh, I think all the players we're going to sell, we're going to find out, maybe weren't just awful players, but maybe just didn't fit into our philosophy, um, especially as we're hearing Soldado might go back to Spain. I would put money on him scoring 20 goals in Spain if he goes back there, uh, just because how could he not? <laughs> after how disappointing he was for us. Um, other players uh, that didn't make the flight to uh, Colorado, which is actually where I am currently for the MLS All-Star game, um, Soldado, Autobior, and Kirikesh all did not make the trip all kind of rumored with pretty heavy moves. Soldado with Sociedad and Villarreal, who are now looking to fill the void of another failed Tottenham striker in Giovanni dos Santos, who is now at LA Galaxy. Uh, Adebayor currently being heavily linked with Aston Villa. And Kirrakech allegedly uh, set for a loan-to-buy deal to Fiorentina, um, which I actually think is a pretty good deal. I've always thought Kirikesh would do well uh, in Italy more than he has in the Premier League. And Aaron Lennon, who uh, you know I just sold to Dan and, and West Bromwich Albion uh, as part of the Barahimio deal. Uh, other news from us this off season I think I mentioned on our offseason special uh, everything going on with the stadium, how it's going to be fitted for NFL play and for safe standing, assuming that the law gets changed sometime during our use of that stadium. Um, but we still don't know where we're going to play in that offseason where uh, the stadium isn't quite built yet. Uh, There was a rumor that we might try to do a timeshare with Chelsea at Wembley. That looks like it's not going to happen. MK Don's still probably the leader in the clubhouse for where we might spend some of our time. Um, I I don't know who published the report, but there was a report saying it would make the most sense for us to to split time at the Emirates. I just can't see that happening. I don't know how any well-informed person could allow that to happen, despite the, the perceived economic benefit for both clubs. I think that there are some things that are probably bigger than that, and this would certainly be one of them. Uh, As I mentioned, the MLS All-Star game is in Denver. I'm currently in Colorado Springs, about an hour and a half south, but I will be getting up there. There's going to be open training, and obviously the match is going to be on Wednesday. Uh, We did bring a... Pretty strong squad. They're traveling today. Like I mentioned, just Soldado, Ade, and are the the notable names that are missing. Uh, At one point, it looked like we were going to split the squad um, between this trip and the Audi Cup, which we're doing four days before the season starts because apparently scheduling things are really hard. You guys all mentioned all your preseason fixtures. We have yet to really play much. Uh, We've had three behind closed doors uh, preseason tune-up matches, but none in front of actual crowds. Our first one will be this MLS All Star Game. Our second one will be against Real Madrid in Germany, and then the season starts. Um, so whether or not that's a, a good idea, time will tell. We've actually been one of the most heavily traveling teams, uh, as you know. We <laughs> are counting that post season tour we did um, as part of the preseason tour, but we haven't actually been playing. So it'll be interesting to see how we do that. Obviously, missing some players from the U twenty one. Euros, we're obviously missing LaMela still from the Copa America and all of the six minutes he played there. You can definitely understand why he needs another month to recover, um, but hopefully they'll all be back soon. Um, but other than that, yeah, preseason friendly is not really a thing we're doing this year, um, which does allow Pochettino more time to, to focus on fitness, which I think we can all agree uh, is something that Tottenham did succeed in last year amongst many other failings. Uh, I think the, the amount of late winners we had really was testament to the fact that, you know, we we were just incredibly well uh, disciplined and trained as far as fit.
1: As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans or other losses from identity theft alone, all backed by the LifeLock million dollar protection package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.
2: This goes. All right. And from there, we're going to head on to the topic, which is going to be, where do you think your club will realistically finish this season? So Jake, obviously a lot of struggles last year, much more than people would have anticipated going into the year. How do you think you'll fare this year? I'm fairly confident we'll we'll have
3: a better season than last season. I think we've got a pretty good team and that we've strengthened it and nobody's really gone out. Obviously Sissoko's been linked to and Collecini's been linked to Palace, but I mean overall I think we've we've strengthened the squad and I think it'll continue to be strengthened. Um it's a difficult question. I really haven't I, I saw the question on the uh, on the rundown. I I did give it some thought, but I, I reckon we'll probably finish anywhere between seventh and eighteenth. So you know, <laughs> covering almost <laughs> the whole league, but it'll be somewhere between that. I think think most we'll we'll know a lot more after we've seen a few games. Um, yeah, we have got CM fit We've got Wayne Alden coming in. We've got Mitrovic. We've got defenders allegedly coming in. Jan that is staying. soko probably will stay. So. But if we if we keep the keep the players that we have, add two or three more, I think we'll we'll, we'll do all right. I don't want to say we're gonna finish. We're gonna be doing like a Southampton from last season, but I, I think we'll probably finish in mid table somewhere.
2: Mm. How do you think you are gonna fit all those players in there, especially the Dutch ones? Um, with Sissoko and now bringing in Winyol Dum and De Jong's back fit, are you going to play two up front? Does Mitrovic now start instead of Perez? I think there are a lot of interesting lineup uh, questions to be had over at Newcastle.
3: Yeah, def- definitely. Um, I think the defense will pretty pretty much pick itself. It'll be Yamat yeah, with Mbemba um, and probably Colicini or Steven Taylor, depending on what happens. If we get another centre-half, he could come in. That's somebody that could come in. But, and obviously left-back will probably start with Haidara, who's done well in pre-season. But I think we're probably going to play a 4-2-3-1. Uh, Steve McLaren spoke when Alden was signed that he'd be playing as like a, 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 a double six, which was sort of like a box-to-box midfielder. But today it's been come out that he might play the number 10 role, which he played more of a central midfield role for PSV, but he can play the 10, and that looks like where he's going to start the season. That looks like Sam De going to start the season from the bench, which... You know he's understand all of his injuries he don't want to throw him straight back into the Premier league football because he has at eighteen months of out football so you want to, you want to ease him back in i I reckon Colback and anita could be could play the pivot I don't think sosoko i think sosoka is going to be find, find himself on the wing and then the left wing position's pretty open i'd go i between uh Rolando Ahrens and Cabella but Cabela's injured at the moment so we don't know what's going on there. And up front, I'd, I'd probably start the season with Cisse. I don't think he's done enough to be kicked out the team. Mitrovic is young; he's coming to a new league. I don't want to throw him, throw him in there because Newcastle fans are very quick to write off new signings. So I, I wouldn't want. I mean, he's going to have to go in somewhere, but I'd start the season with Cisse. I think Perez is still young as well. He can fill in anywhere in the front in the front uh, in the final third, so he can play as a ten or on the wing or up front. So I think he'll he'll get minutes, but is, it's a lot to decide. It's a good problem to have. We haven't had it for a while, but we need to. We need, we need strength across the pitch. A lot of people say, "Oh, well, no, i don't fine. We can sell Soko now," but no, you need a squad, and I think we we've got that now. We we need a couple more additions, but we're getting there. And if we do get that, it'll be it'll be competition for places, and that should prevent any dreadful run of like fourteen matches without a win. Yeah, it should be a lot better if we have competition. So you know, I'm hopeful on that front. It's exciting. It's exciting going into the new season, but it's also that you don't know what's going to happen. But yeah, it's a bit unpredictable at Newcastle. It always is unpredictable, but this season,
2: no different, mm. Yeah, and leading from that kind of indifference to Dan, who said, don't ask him how he thinks Albion will do this year. Hey, Dan, how do you think Albion will do this year? <laughs> well, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, mean, <Uh-oh.
4: laughs> I really don't know. Um. I can't. I really don't know because, I, I mean, before anyone signed the player, before I could really make a judgment, I was looking at Tony Pulis, and the fact that um, in terms of his points per game, um, in the in the uh, second half of the season he was with us. If he'd have been with us for the whole of the twenty fourteen fifteen season, um, the points that we'd have accumulated would have been enough to have finished ninth. Um, Pulis has never finished in the top ten of the Premier League, so that has got to be Pulis's personal aim, and it has to be our aim for next season. But before I say any of that, we have to make sure first and foremost, as I say, every season, every 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 time on the podcast, pretty much that the the most important thing is being able to stay in the Premier League for a club of our size. Um, in in the want of not sounding like a broken record, but that's just how it is. Um, and so I'm just hoping that we manage to get the players in that allow us to push up the table. But first and foremost, um, make sure we 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 stay in the Premier League, especially with the stupid amounts of money that the uh, that are placed in in the top flight is going to be worth um, in 2016 17.
2: All right. Uh if Berjino does go, you mentioned you wouldn't be too upset about it, uh, from a kind of fan standpoint. Are you comfortable with Brownie Day leading the line for a full season, or would you also be kind of looking at it, at that striker position as one that would need to be kind of bolstered?
4: Yeah, I think I think Pulis himself is is looking at um he's gonna be looking at a couple of strikers. Rumoured Lambert was close to signing us signing for us, whether whether that comes off or doesn't. Whether we see Lambert as a main striker, whether we manage to get someone else in from abroad, whether I day he's going to be here come the end of August. He's doing okay in pre season, he's scored a couple of goals, um, and each of his even been on the score sheet. So, and I thought, to be honest with you, that that deals would have been done early um, to get at least one of those players um, out of the team and replaced, but that hasn't happened. So, I mean, I don't know. it, I, I don't think anyone can call it at the minute. We've just got to wait and see.
2: All right, Jay, obviously you had a very, I don't know if surprising is the right word, but you had a great season last year. Do you think you'll
5: build on that again and aim for another top 10 finish? I think you're right. I think it was surprising both for us and um, anybody else that was watching. I think a lot of people were uh, caught out by the way we uh, you know, played last season. You know, We beat a few teams which uh, weren't expected to beat. Um, and I think... You know the way the personnel is planning out, planning out for this season. We haven't, we haven't lost anybody. We've, uh, you know, we we've, we've built a squad and we've improved on areas where, um, you know, we, we were perhaps lacking uh, last season. So I, I don't think there's any reason why we can't look up the table, like I mentioned earlier. I mean, ninth place is, you know, a fantastic finish, but you have to say, for like Dan said, for, you know. It's still, like a team like Palace, we're not getting ahead of ourselves. Forty points is the first aim, and as soon as you get to that um, sort of that goal of the points total, then um, you can start looking at Whenever, whatever part of the season that might be, I, I think there's a lot of clubs in the same position where they will be looking to achieve forty points. See what part of the season they're at, um, and then go from there. You know, some teams won't achieve forty points, so you know, they're going to be the ones that are in trouble. But I, I think uh, I'm not wanting to be too ahead of myself. Cause it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not like tip to be able to do that. Um, yeah, maybe it's overconfidence after the last two seasons, but I, I think we've perhaps deserved the right this season, uh, and with the addition of goodbye to to think that we can, um, you know, finish in the top ten again. I, I don't see any reason why we can't. I think the only thing that might go against us is the last couple of seasons we haven't really suffered from injuries or suspensions too much, and and that I think is a critical thing to some teams. I think Hull City had a had a torrid time of injuries, and I'm not saying that's the reason yeah. they went down. But they, that you know, they were quite unlucky of injuries, and they got to a point in the season where they had a horrendous run in. Um, and you know, they came to us at the end of last season with about two or three games to go, and they beat us. And they had a few players back from injury, which they hadn't hadn't had for a while. So I think that can play a part in a in a team season. We've all seen it. Uh, with teams, you know, such as ours. I mean, it's different for some of the top four, five, six teams because generally they have the money to be able to, you know, pay for a decent squad and you know replace a player on the pitch with a you know equivalent price player from the bench. But I think we've stre- I mean, I think we've strengthened in areas where you know we wanted to. Um, particularly when we look at some of the friendlies we've had, you know, we're bringing players on uh, from the bench where we're thinking actually we didn't have that quality on the bench last season. So. Hopefully, we've got a few more options, and I, I don't think there's any reason why we can't look to, for a top ten finish again. I, I'll be ecstatic with, uh, you know, with, with, with a mid-table finish personally. Um, nothing wrong with uh, you know achieving that for, you know for a third season in a row, um, but I, I'm, I'm hopeful that you know do we just want to sit in mid-table and be a, a be a team or do we just we want to strive to achieve something a bit different? I don't know, but um, top ten I don't think is uh, you, know, um, you know not feasible really. I think it's something that we can strive to achieve.
2: All right, um, for Tottenham, I'm going to be far more specific and say sixth. Unfortunately, I I don't think we're close enough to that top four really to push for it. Uh, And unless we bring in an elite-level central midfielder, I I don't think it's even going to be seen as us pushing for fourth through most of the season. Um, I'm expecting a lot of development from both Chadley and LaMela. I think they're both going to grow more. I think uh, having Alex Pritchard up with the senior-level squad will allow Erickson to get more rest than last season. I think he was one of the players with the most minutes played in the Premier League and he didn't play any less for us in Europe either. So I think it'll be good to get him rested because I think that's really what led to his kind of uh tumble down and productivity towards the end of the season. Um, Harry Kane, I think will be marked a whole lot more than he was last year. I, I think the one thing that we're definitely going to see from Tottenham is a stronger defense. But the reason why I think we aren't really in that top four chasing point is because at this stage, we don't have anybody to protect them and you know, unfortunately, it doesn't really matter, at least the Tottenham, of them, uh, how good your back four is if there's nobody in front of them to just kind of shield them. I think Alderweireld and Vertonghen is going to be one of the better center back pairings in the Premier League this year. Danny Rose is improving a lot. I have no idea who's going to play on the right. Obviously, we've brought in Trippier. Uh, Kyle Walker had a lot of injury problems, and there's some concern within the club that uh, it, it might be time to cut our losses, kind of like we did with Sandro last year. Uh, as far as injuries go, but he is still here and, and fighting for a spot, and we have DeAndre Yedlin as well, who is kind of a, a tweener, as uh, whether or not he's a midfielder or a defender, but he doesn't really have the ball skills to be a midfielder, and he doesn't really have the uh, defensive mind to be a defender, other than just rapid pace, and he can make up for a lot of his errors that way. But yeah, I, I think sixth is probably most likely, hopefully go deep in Europa League again, hopefully make a cup final like we did the Capital One Cup, would prefer to win it this time um but i am really worried that we will make a lot of steps to improve and set ourselves up for future success but it'll be seen as a short-term failure and i I think regardless of how we do this year the biggest mistake we could make would be get rid of pochettino who's clearly clearly trying to apply a long-term plan um to a club that's very used to short-term solutions so uh hopefully we'll give him that kind of uh confidence going forward uh I mentioned the outgoing players already. Pochettino was quoted saying that if there were only 11 players that he trusted, there would only be 11 players in our squad. I think you're seeing that with a lot of the outgoings. The concern is we've been able to kind of uh, allow for the Europa League to wash up against us without drowning. Um, Obviously, we don't perform as well immediately after uh, Thursday fixtures, but we are going to have a significantly smaller squad. The last two years, we basically had two full 11s where we could deputize one European eleven and one domestic eleven, And we won't be able to do that this year unless we plan on using a lot of the youth players like Josh Annemar, Della Ali, uh, or Harry Winks even a lot more. Um, so I'm, I'm a little worried that that, that is going to kind of culminate in us kind of middling in a whole lot of stuff instead of being able to really succeed in either. Uh, and the reason why I think it's sixth instead of fifth is I think Liverpool have – improved much more this year than they did last year. I think the the greatest thing that they've done in bringing in Benteke, and I've seen a lot of people saying they don't think Benteke will do well at Liverpool, the best thing that they can do is not have to rely on Daniel Sturge, who obviously has injury problems that keep him out from a lot of matches. And so they had to kind of utilize Sterling there, but now Sterling's also gone. Um, but I think that'll offer them a lot of consistency. And I mentioned how we don't have the squad to split between the two different competitions. They they fully do. And I think they might be able to deal with that just a little bit better. I think next season, not this coming one, um, 2016-17, we probably need to be really pushing for that top four spot, but I don't think it's this year, unfortunately. We still have a lot of young players who have a lot of growing to do, uh, and I think there will be definitely some really exciting moments throughout the season, but I think come the end of the year, we'll we'll be closer to that mid-table pack than we will to the top four. All right, and with that, we are out of time. So if you have any projects you'd like to plug, or if you'd like to tell people where to reach you, now would be a good time.
3: Yeah, thanks for, thanks for listening. Um, you can uh, check out my stuff on uh, EPL Index. or I also write for Total Dutch Football, and we recently put together a magazine on the top 50 uh, brightest talents in the era Eredivisie, so I'd definitely go and check that out. It's free on the website, totaldutchfootball.com, and that has been really popular since we posted that out there, so I'd go and check that out, and I'd keep an eye on the stuff uh, that we're doing over there because it's really exciting stuff, and it's definitely an insight in Dutch football if you're interested in that. So, yeah, definitely go and check that out.
4: Yeah, cheers for listening. I've been Dan. Um, I've run the account Baggies Facts on Twitter. Um, you can also find my latest piece um, on the issues in Russia, um, some of the racism issues that, that Fring Pong's encountered and some of the other players from the past have encountered. Um, and that was out yesterday on, on Jay's website, theeaglesbeak.com.
5: Yeah, thanks for listening. I'm Jay. I'm the editor of theeaglesbeak.com, um, Palace fan site you can catch us at Twitter or well, on Twitter at the Eagle's beak um, we got a uh, well we're getting ready for a new season but we've just upgraded the website so uh, head on over check it out we thought we'd be a bit quiet this summer but we've still found enough articles to go online and Dan's is the latest one which is a really good read about uh you know problems in Russia which is uh, uh worth heading over to check out we've got lots more come up in uh, during next week but we're kicking off uh, the previews for the new season from next weekend um uh, we've got a bit of a dream team going on this season with Dan joining us uh, and Kev also writing so by all means head on over and see what they've got to say
2: yeah, as Jay alluded to, I will be writing for him more this year. Again, as I mentioned, uh, more in a fantasy uh, aspect for this season. Uh, for more fantasy stuff from me, you can check out PlayTaga.com as well as Rotoworld.com, who will be joining for the new season and doing all kinds of different stuff over there. Uh, but yeah, we'll keep everybody posted throughout the season uh, in case you don't think listening to me two hours every week is enough. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much to all of our guests for joining us. It was a pleasure as always. We hope you keep listening.
0: Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a US based restoration specialist on your team,